0: everybody, and welcome to episode 264 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Andy. Andy lives in Louisa, Virginia, and she is an entrepreneur and also an artist. Welcome, Andy. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, You know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that?
1: Well, I feel like that's a very long answer. I have a long answer to that question. We've got a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully it won't be too long, but I will start by saying that I've always had a bit of a weight problem, a weight issue. I've started diets probably when I was starting at 13. I I was made fun of and picked on a lot. So my weight's always been an issue. It's always been at the forefront of my mind. There are actually a few diets I'd love to tell you about. After I answer the question, okay, one in particular was the Biggest Loser. I went to a Biggest Loser camp for
0: <laughs> four oh <gosh>. weeks. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about that. I definitely <laughs> want
1: to dig into that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love. I yeah, I figured you might, but unfortunately, like my weight was not what brought me to intermittent fasting. I actually ended up getting pretty sick in 2017. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just got worse and worse, but. I was kind of like one of those things where I thought maybe I just had like a really bad flu or maybe I just had, and I just, I kept putting it off and just thinking I would get better, but it didn't. After about, yeah, I guess, well, one night I woke up, my lymph node had swollen up so large that it was, it was about the size of like a ping pong ball. Ooh. One of them. On your neck? Was yeah. It th- yeah. I can just imagine. Yeah. In uh, the back, kind of on the feel. side. That's a horrible. Yeah. yeah. And I couldn't turn my head and I just kind of had a, big panic attack. And I stayed up all night and waited for the doctor's office to open <laughs> that morning, called them and got in right away. And I, cause I knew something was obviously mm-hmm. wrong. And I ended up getting a diagnosis of Lyme disease. Oh. And because you live
0: in an area where there's a lot of
1: ticks, I do, but do I you have been- like a field. No, I was actually working. We we had just bought a house that we were remodeling and it was okay. a small house in a neighborhood. So I'd been okay. working in the yard and I mm-hmm. actually I remember finding the tick. It was in my my head, but I'd been bit by ticks lots of other times and right. I never had, had an issue, so I really wasn't concerned and I didn't think it would be a problem. But it was a big problem and it's kind of started it was the start of like a lot of other issues. It took me I would say about a good year to get I don't think I've ever gotten completely over it, but past the difficult part. Tell me, what were the the symptoms? Was it like very tired? Yes, very tired. Lethargy? Mm -hmm. Lethargy. Yeah, just like kind of like, I don't know, like if anybody's been pregnant, like that kind of tired when you're first pregnant, you're just exhausted, no energy. And then I would just kind of feel like fluish, achy, kind of like I was getting a cold, actually started was in my eye it was hurting and every time it would focus it would hurt really really bad and um it got really bloodshot and um it was this whole thing but again i just thought well i must have some weird you know, hand, foot, and mouth type, but you know, just, virus. It
0: felt like you were just constantly trying to fight something off, right? Yeah. Like something yeah. was
1: coming on. Like we all know that yes.
0: feeling. Like when you're about to get sick and you just feel it and you're fighting it off, but your body never stopped feeling that way.
1: Right. And it just kind of got worse. Right. And, you know, and then the lymph node and that's when I was like, okay, like something's really, really wrong. And then joints started hurting, and my neck was probably the biggest issue. That's where a lot of it settled. A lot of times, Lyme will go to your weak areas, and apparently, my neck was a one of them. And it just destroy it can just destroy the tissues. Oh, that, wow, you know, I'll, yeah. So it's not something you want. No, <laughs> no, it really is not. The really hard journey of that lasted about a year, and I was starting to kind of come out of it. But what I was noticing was that. I would have these kind of autoimmune responses to things that I'd never had before. I was having like flare-ups. Like for instance, I got poison ivy really, really bad. And normally I wouldn't even get poison ivy. I'd just get like a tiny little spot. And it was like all over my leg, huge like blisters. And it like was Like your body is in kind of like
0: over hyper response mode to everything.
1: Exactly. Your bucket yep.
0: was full from the Lyme disease. <laughs> and yeah. it was just responding to whatever came along.
1: Yeah, and with Lyme, you have to kill it, but then when it dies, it lets off this um, toxins, and you have to get rid of those too. So you you really are your body just is like loaded with garbage. So a lot of those things were happening, and I just I didn't quite understand it, but I just thought I'm kind of one of those people that tries to figure things out on my own and learn. And so I was trying to treat it, and within that time, I also I have heart disease in my family, and so I thought, well probably a good time to maybe just go see a cardiologist. I know that Lyme could affect your heart. And I went to the cardiologist. This was, I think in 2018 and she did a bunch of tests. She's more of like a, I don't know what the word is, like more of a natural, like a holistic. cardiologist. She's, yeah. She's a cardiologist, yeah. but she tries to treat things more of in a natural way if she can. And my thyroid ended up being off. She tested my thyroid, but she also, I, my inflammation markers were just through the roof and crazy when you get that test back, it can say, you know, heart attack likely. And I was in my forties and it just was like, that was terrifying. So it's kind of started me on this journey of trying to figure out how to get rid of the inflammation. I tried everything I was trying, you know, all the things, turmeric and all these things that they reading and learning and nothing seemed to help. And it would, it would be like, I'd start to kind of feel better and then I would just get knocked back down. And then in 2019, my husband and I were actually cleaning out our garage, and there was a spot of mold in there. And it was old mold that leak had been taking care of, but there was still some some dust. And I just didn't really take it very seriously, and I swept it up, and it went. I inhaled it, and so now I that pretty much took me backwards. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Actually, I would say the mold was worse, probably because I had the the lime issues. First, And, it you know, I was already, like, so sensitive. Again, I'm going to say the
0: words again, the bucket effect, right? Your bucket was full. Our bodies can only manage so much. And we're living in a toxic world, right? I talked about this in Cleanish. And, you know, things are coming at us from all around. And now you've got Lyme. And now, I mean, your body might have been perfectly able to fight off that mold or deal with the mold had it been, you know, your bucket was low, you were healthy. But things like that, when you're vulnerable, just... Impact you so much more.
1: Yes, absolutely. I 100% agree. So that became another battle. I spent most of the summer on the couch. I couldn't do anything. I was unable to, I had nerve pain all down my one leg. And I had what the doctor said he thought was fibromyalgia. We never formally diagnosed it, but it was just basically I felt like I had run a, a marathon every day and I hadn't done anything. I couldn't exercise. And within all of this time, I'm not really changing my diet. You know, I'm not really focusing on diet. I'm focusing on everything else. Trying to get back to exercising cuz I love to do that, but it just wasn't working. So that was another long journey and another thing that just kind of sent my body into this hyperactive mode. I was just in really bad shape, but I would kind of get to the point where things would start to calm down and I'd feel better and I would think, "Okay, I'm I'm kind of coming out of this." And then I'd get sick or something and it would just kind of all flare back up. We got to 2020 and I was starting to feel better. And we had planned a trip out West with our son and we were going to go hit all these places. And I really wanted to feel better for that. And I had worked really hard to try to feel better, tried to do everything I could. And I was doing better. We did the trip. I, I was good. But then this was like February. Yeah,
0: I was just waiting for that. I was I was yeah. wondering when in 2020 <laughs> yeah. it was. I'm like, did she make the trip? Did she yeah. not? But it was February when we were still like going places. So February, you made the trip.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we went to all these amazing places. We get to like halfway through California, I guess. And we got to like Santa Cruz. And we start looking around and everybody's wearing masks. And our daughter was like, she was. She stayed at home. She was in college. She was like, "Mom, like, we're almost out of toilet paper, and I can't find any." And yeah, so we were like starting to panic. So we just like hightailed at home and got home. It was and then a we crazy shut...
0: time. It was. It was. Uh, when you said the toilet paper, <laughs> Chad never locked his truck in the driveway of our house, and like he had all sorts of crap in his truck all the time because he's just a mess. But. <laughs> Sorry, nobody, nobody tell him that I said that. <laughs> He's a truck hoarder. But during those days of the pandemic, someone got into his truck during the night, I guess, and they stole toilet paper only. Oh my God. It was right around that time when everything was crazy. And they didn't take the change out of the change cup, they stole the toilet paper. Wow. I know. And we lived <laughs> in a neighborhood. I don't know if, who was rummaging around it. <laughs> anyway, so That's yeah, crazy. those were crazy times. So y'all went on home just as fast yeah. as you could. Yeah, we
1: did. And we went in like, really, we took us about three days to get home. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as we got home, things shut down. So we had, you know, the next six weeks of kind of, for us, it was a, it was a nice, it was a, I mean, it's hard to say that because I know for a lot of people, it wasn't a nice time but for us it was kind of a calming time and my husband he still had his job and we you know we had food and so it was actually a time where i could kind of just just relax a little bit it was it was unnerving still that was you know this after the 6 weeks we came out of quarantine and i felt good and of course i was you know a little nervous about getting sick but we had a lot of things we needed to get done during that time we had decided we really wanted to move to a A farm or just have some land. So we had started looking for land and we also had a house that was five hours away that we had been renovating. But because I had been sick, we had had it for three years and we couldn't. Right. So we knew we had to go back and forth and really work on that. We knew in order to move, we needed to get both of these houses that we had on the market. And so we started just going back and forth to North Carolina, working on that, coming home, working on our house and I got sick. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't get COVID right then, but I got just a really bad cold and it kind of threw me back. So it was just this constant cycle. I guess that's what I really am wanting to paint is that it was a cycle of like getting better than like getting kind of knocked down again. And just, it was very, very discouraging.
0: So really from 2017 to 2020, you were just feeling like you were in a constant battle with your health. Inflammation was high and you yes. just never really felt good. From that Never. whole period of time. Yeah. No,
1: I mean, I would have periods where I'd be like, I'd feel better, but I, right. yeah. I um, didn't feel like
0: a hundred percent.
1: Right. Right. And it was very lonely. It's very lonely, some of these sicknesses that you go through because people don't understand. Well, it's true. And there's a lot
0: of skepticism among certain people about yes. some
1: of these more unusual
0: diagnoses. And until you've been through it. Once you go through it, you're like, oh, yeah, it's very physical. And honestly, I do really think a lot of it is we can blame it on the modern era and our buckets being so full that our bodies just hyper respond. Yes. Yes.
1: was exposed to all of this, I kind of was that person to be honest. I mean, if sadly, you
0: had cancer, they you a casserole.
1: Exactly. Yeah, They're like no, she's got <laughs>
0: that weird thing. I don't know what it is. Stay away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And 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 you look normal, you look, you know, but you just feel horrible. And it, yeah, it is it's hard to even find doctors to to listen to you and it's getting easier with that. But so I got sick and I just again, you know, this is like mid 2020, summer of 2020. And then we got these houses on the market both of the houses sold and right at that point in time we had a family member that was in crisis and needed help and this family member had 3 children and needed somewhere to stay and we had told this family member you know we're going to move and we're going to have an apartment so you can stay that's what our hope is so you can stay in the apartment when we move but the family member was really critical so family member moved in with the three children into our house, this tiny, smaller house that we had. So there were nine of us living in this house. Wow. Yeah. So, and we we just sold the house and we were starting to get ready to, you know, pack up and move. And so it was very stressful. We had three kids in the house that we were trying to help with and our own kids. And I just got to the point where I was, I could just feel my body falling apart. At that point, I said, okay, I need to put myself, you know, make myself a priority and I need to find a doctor that's going to listen to me and somebody that's going to work with me. So I found a functional medicine doctor and it's more expensive to go that route, but you have appointments, they sit and they listen to you, they ask you questions and then they do your blood work and they do very thorough blood work. Now, how did you find the doctor? Just because I know people will be listening and they're like, how do I find a doctor like that? (laughs) Do you remember? I think I just Googled like functional medicine or natural medicine. I may have, I feel like there may have been like a website, but I can't remember the website. Okay. But yeah, there are ways to find, it's not, I feel like it's becoming more common. It is. Yeah. But with, you know, with functional medicine, they try to do more natural. Obviously they can do prescriptions and stuff like that, but they try not to do that. And that to me is what I prefer. And so he started to work with me and we came up with a plan and talked through how to work through some things. This was about in December when I went to see him and we were right about to move out of our house. We, and the house that we were moving into, the farm that we're in now, we weren't going to be able to move in for three weeks after we got out of our house. So we had about uh, three weeks. That week whole period. process is so stressful right <laughs> oh there. Oh, my gosh. Not yes. to mention
0: moving. Oh, my Lord.
1: With all those <laughs> yeah. people. Yes. So we were like, okay, you know what? We're just going to go get an Airbnb for the two of us and our animals. And we're going to figure out where everybody else can go. So everybody, we found a place for everybody else. And my husband and I, We this was in January now. At the beginning of January, we go to an Airbnb in middle of nowhere and we were like, we're just gonna play games and kind of just take a breath and this day my we get there, my husband comes down with COVID. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, well so, you were already
0: isolated, right? Yes, were we were. There. That was
1: the one <laughs> <laughs> the one good thing was yes, we were and we had done well, you know, this whole time not to get it. But we I, I kinda knew it was inevitable. And I was a little nervous about getting it with everything that I had going on, but I just wasn't gonna live in I just didn't want to live in fear. So right. I got COVID, obviously, because, you know, we were with together and and we didn't even realize at first that we had it. I think what, ga- what gave it away was um, we lost our taste and our smell. We were fine at first. It just seemed like a cold. And then my foot started to hurt. Your foot? Yeah, my foot. Okay. And I couldn't walk on it. And this was probably like, I don't know, maybe like seven days in, maybe like a weekend or so. I could walk on it, but it really hurt. And it was kind of swollen. And then it just started to swell more and more. And I, you know, was kind of freaking out because it was really, really painful and I couldn't walk on it. And so I sent my doctor some pictures and he, he wanted me to go to the ER. And so I went to the ER, to be honest, they weren't very helpful, but they did do like a sonogram or whatever that is to look at your leg to see if you have blood clots. And they didn't see any large blood clots within my leg, but they ran a forget what it's called. There's it a, a D-dimer test, that looks dimer Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. They ran a D-dimer test and it was positive. And so, but they couldn't figure it out. So they just were like, well, you know, you don't have any bl- big blood clots, so you're okay. But now I, looking back, I'm pretty sure there were probably some microclots in my foot. We just didn't know at that time. So we move into our house and I'm unable to really walk. I can, I could, I had to wear a slipper for about four months and it, my foot just hurt so bad and we're trying to unpack and everything. I would have to just elevate it all the time. And I just kind of did it and just kind of suffered through it. And then it was about two months into, and so it was March that we were moving, like just unpacking boxes. And if I got my heart rate at all, I looked out the win- if I look out the window at bright light, I noticed I was seeing like pink patches. Oh, wow! Light. yeah, it was weird. And so, you know, it was like, I don't, this seems weird. I probably need to go to the doctor and I'm not a big doctor goer. So I went to the doctor thinking, oh, they're just going to give me some drops or something. And I'll be able to go like, just go in real quick and then go run some errands. And I was there for like six hours and they were doing all these tests and they came back and told me like, they, they were like, do you have diabetes? Do you smoke? we just, we can't figure out what's going on. And I had a partial ischemia in my eye and I was not prepared to hear this. They said, you know, we don't know what's going on, but this could happen in your other eye. It could happen again in this eye and you could go blind. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was terrifying. And I got in my car and I just cried and I called my mom and just, and she was really encouraging and still kind of makes me a little emotional. And I came home and I just thought, oh my gosh, like I could go blind. And I, I looked around because like, I'm such a creator and a creative person and I love color. And, and you're visual, you know, yes. you do visual art you decorate, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So the thought of losing my vision, I was just devastated. I do need to go back for just one second though, because there's kind of an important piece of this story that I kind of forgot. So when I, we were at the Airbnb I couldn't do anything, so I just stayed in bed, and I kind of decided. Well, I'm just going to like catch up on like things that I'm interested in, things that I don't know about. I decided intermittent fasting. I'd been hearing a lot about intermittent fasting, and so that was one of those things. I was laying in bed, and I YouTubed or I was I Googled intermittent fasting, and this lady came up, and she was really cute and sweet, and she started talking about it. And she was like, "And she maybe she she might be somebody that like follows you because she was." she's like, you can't have any lemon water and no cream in your coffee. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. (laughs) And (laughs) I just, you know, and I think my mindset was like, I've had to give up so many other things. I don't want to give up anything else. You know, my food was like my pleasure, (laughs) you know, one of my few pleasures, not my only pleasure, but one of my few pleasures. And I just, I thought that sounds horrible. And I already have had to give up so much. I don't want to give up cream my coffee or anything else. But then you know how, like when you're watching YouTube, then the next one will come on and it was on autophagy. It was a, it was a Ted talk on autophagy. And so I watched that and I was like, wow, that's really, really interesting. And then the next one was this spiritual man from, I think maybe from India or Middle Eastern. And he started talking about fasting and he was talking about how he fasts every day and he does one meal a day and he's very healthy and he was older but he said I travel all the time and I feel great and he said if you start to eat one meal a day and fast and you have health issues you could take care of up to about 80% of your health issues by just fasting and then he said another 10% you could take care of with spiritual you know prayer meditation that sort of a thing. And then he said, and then you might need to go to the doctor for the other 10%. That was just one of those things that just kind of was like a wow moment for me. And it stuck with me. But, you know, this was in January still, and I did nothing about it. I went (laughs) and I told my husband about it. I was like, this is so cool. But I think I kind of tried to fast and it just was too hard. It just felt too hard. Okay. Fast forward back to March now. I just got the eye diagnosis. I mean, that was like your rock bottom moment. It really was. After all
0: yeah. the stuff you'd been through, all the yes. challenges, hearing that, huh? I might go blind next. You know, yes. No, I mean, that's like yeah. Okay, rock bottom. I have yeah. got to do something <laughs> different.
1: Yeah, it really was. It, I think that that is exactly right. It was my rock bottom moment. You were like a home. rock rolling down the hill, <laughs> gathering all the moss. I just <laughs> yeah. was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I and I, and I felt like I was trying, and I. And so I came home and I was depressed for a few days and my husband, he's, he's great. He's my cheerleader. He's my encourager, but he also can be sometimes when I need it, like a little bit firmer with me, like, you know, we both can be that for each other. I was moping around the house and he was like, I'm not going to let you just mope around the house. You know, you can beat this. You can, you are going to be okay. You know? And the thing was, is that they said, we just have to check this month to month. We don't know what is going to happen. You know, we, you have to come back every month. You know, there was no answers. There were no, nothing I could take. I kind of got mad at my husband because I was like, you don't understand. You're not in my shoes. You're not the one that might be losing your vision. And so I went upstairs and I prayed. And my faith is very, very, very important to me. I have very strong faith in God. I was just at that moment. And I just, you know, basically said, I, I need help. I don't know what to do. I can't do this on my own please give me direction. And the word fast came to me. That just gave me goosebumps, by the way. (laughs) And I didn't, I wasn't thinking about fasting. That was not on my radar. You know, that was not, I didn't have any room in my head for that. So it wasn't like it was, it just felt, you know, the word fast. And so I just kind of sat there for a minute and I said, okay. And I had a bunch of boxes in my room still to unpack. And I just said, I'm just going to look for a podcast because I'm very much an auditory learner and I'm going to unpack and I'm just going to start to learn about fasting. And so I looked for a podcast and I found yours. <laughs> yours was the first one and I started listening and I was so addicted and I just couldn't stop and the people's stories were so inspiring to me and gave me so much strength and hope. So I listened to like maybe like maybe two or three because it was maybe earlier in the morning. Then I came downstairs and my husband was in the kitchen and I said, oh, by the way, I'm fasting and I'm not going to eat anything probably until about two from now on. And I'm giving up cream my coffee and I could just feel his eyes roll <laughs> because that was like the biggest, <laughs> like, I know he was like, okay, yeah, right. That was, yeah. That's always been like, he's always like, if you just give up cream your coffee, that would be like, so many calories that you would, you know, And I was always like, I'm never, no, I'm not giving up cream in my coffee.
0: Well, that's so funny because Chad used to say that to me back when I was using Stevia like it was like oxygen. (laughs) He'd be like, that can't be good for you. And I'm like, stop it. It's all natural. It's fine. (laughs) And what's weird is when I read the Obesity Code and realized I couldn't have Stevia in my coffee anymore and stopped, I had a detox from the stevia. Like really? it was doing something in my brain. I don't know. I like Googled it and looked and other people reported the same thing. So I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a plant, right? So plants yeah. do things, but yeah, I yeah. detoxed from the stevia and felt it. But Chad knew, just like your husband knew. <laughs> We're just like, don't want to hear it. La, la, la. Don't tell me that. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> yep. We have to figure it out on our own. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> Yeah. So that's how I found fasting. That's my very long answer to fasting. And I still have, there's a whole other, like other side of the story that like my road has been very bumpy and hilly. And I almost wanted to call you or email and say, can I wait? But I've heard you already tell other people on your podcast, like, don't wait, you know, you have a story. So I didn't, but I want to come back (laughs) and tell you like later. We would love that. I love (laughs) follow-up
0: episodes.
1: You know, I don't have time to
0: have like everybody back, (laughs) but (laughs) we would have to go to four episodes a week. I don't know. But (laughs) I love to hear follow-up episodes where people share how things have changed. But okay. So you started, do you remember what day it was? It was was March? I think it was
1: March 19th. Okay. March
0: 19th of 2021. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. Of 2021. That's when Mm -hmm. you started and you just started. Yeah, I did. I just started. I jumped in and I was... I started, I loved that, you know, at that point, the thing that I loved was that I didn't have to give up everything that I loved. I didn't have to give up some of the things that made me happy. I could still have them just within a window of time. And you just so, delay, delay. Yes, yeah. exactly. You could still have
0: cream, just delay it.
1: Yes. So that's kind of the start of it all. <laughs> so what, what did
0: you notice after you started? Like, how did you feel at first? Was it, was it Difficult or was it just once you started, it was smooth sailing?
1: Well, it was pretty easy in the beginning when I started. I think I was so determined because of my situation that I was, I've got to make this work. And I think I had about a four hour window then. And I had to go back every month to get my eye checked. Every month that I would go back, it would be better. And they were not seeing any other issues I do think, and I, they've since said they thought it was connected to COVID, but they didn't know that at the time. But is it like more every, clotting kind of stuff? They weren't sure. Okay. They, they said they're okay. not they sure. Know. They were they weren't sure if it was a clot or if it was a narrowing of the vein, but they just said, you know, we just have to watch it and see. And and um, they would look, they would take these pictures of my eye, and every like in the back of my eye, there would be all this. It would look like fireworks because there are all these like broken capillaries. But every time I would go back. It was less. And that was in you know April. I had to go back. May I had to go back. I mean, for a whole year, they started to spread it out because it was getting better and better. And then I did get clearance after that year to only come back every year. So my, I did, I still have issues. It still can be sensitive, but it's, you know, it's better. You know, if you think about the spike protein,
0: right, of COVID and all the damage that spike protein does, and if you also think about autophagy, now I'm not giving medical advice everybody. I'm not a doctor. I'm just (laughs) connecting things, right? You know, autophagy breaks up proteins. I mean, it makes sense. I've seen some research papers that people are writing talking about therapeutic benefits of fasting for certain things related to COVID.
1: Yes. So that's all well, I'm going to say
0: about that. Not wanting to dive down <laughs> into too much, you know, like giving medical advice, because that's certainly, I am not your doctor, it's not giving medical advice, but we can see connections theoretically of how, you know, autophagy could be very helpful.
1: Yes. Yeah. Actually, I heard a, a doctor that was, I believe he's some sort of an eye doctor. I'm not exactly sure what his title was, but he was speaking on the eye and COVID. And he did say that one of the things that can help. With some of these issues is he he mentioned intermittent Mm -hmm, fasting? mm -hmm. So yeah,
0: I've I've heard that you know from multiple people. Just the whole idea that, and and it just makes sense, right? Autophagy breaks down junky proteins, COVID spike protein, anything that might help with that. And I can see fasting being very beneficial. Again, it's you know we're still learning. So yes, yes. (laughs) So well, I'm glad your eye is better.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, you know, it still can get kind of irritated. And it's definitely, I feel like maybe a little bit weaker than the other eye. But the issue behind it is resolved.
0: So what about some of your other health issues and struggles?
1: How did those change after fasting? Well, I will say so one of the bigger things that I've noticed is I'm not I haven't gotten sick. Gosh, I don't know if I've gotten sick since I've started fasting. I maybe have gotten sick like once, but I really haven't gotten sick, and I do feel like what it's really helped me do is is break the cycle that I was in. I'm still not in 100% perfect health, you know. There's still areas that I'm working on, but I have really come so far. Most of the time, I feel really good. There's times, especially when when you have an issue like Lyme with the weather and stuff, you can. You can have kind of like just a little bit of a flare up in your joints or whatever. You can just feel the weather, basically the pressure, the pressure. So, you know, those things can happen occasionally, but overall I have more energy. I just, I feel better. I'm trying to think of what other, like just the cycle being broken for me yeah. is huge because I'm not no longer rolling down the backpack. hill. Right, right. <laughs> so, and <laughs> now when I have had, I have had some issues, you know, moving forward, but I'm able to kind of tackle them and like move forward. And it's not like this huge step backwards. That's been really good.
0: That is really good. That's huge. So, you know, you mentioned early on that you had been fighting with your weight since about the age of 13. Let's talk about the weight side of this equation. You know, when you started intermittent fasting, you hadn't mentioned weight, but were you struggling with your weight still?
1: Yeah. I mean, I always was a little like... Just, I was always one of those kids that was never like the stick thin kids. I always think I would, had like hips and like thighs and a butt and I loved food. And so the two just didn't marry well. I struggled. It never got like to a point where it was like out of control, bad. I could always kind of control it. And, you know, I got married young. We got married at 20. I feel like after that, you know, once you start to have kids, things started to kind of, I started to. Just put on weight. And I I do feel like I had some hormonal issues now looking back that maybe I just didn't realize that they were hormonal issues that probably added to things. You know, I was a photographer for several years. So I would sit a lot behind my computer. And so all of those things, yes, the weight added up. And then being sick for about five years, four years, I couldn't exercise and I just didn't make diet. You know, I didn't want to connect diet to getting better.
0: Well, and you know, Um, when you're feeling so bad, you know, we we were from our childhood, when you're sick, your mom's like, Let me make you something special, right? So food makes us feel better, even if it might just be an emotional feel better. There's also physical feeling better that happens in our brains. But I can totally understand if you're feeling bad and struggling, you're like, Well, you know what, this whatever it is makes me feel better. I'm gonna have that, that cream in my coffee, that.
1: Yes. Donut.
0: I mean, donuts never been my thing, but you know what <laughs> I mean?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. For me. And, you know, like I was, we moved around a lot as when I was a kid and I was bullied a lot. So food kind of was my, my comfort too. So I think one thing, the other thing that intermittent fasting has really shown me is my emotional connection to food because I have gone through some really difficult times since. And I have really noticed like this draw to food and just like this n- need for food and, and fasting got a lot harder than for me, but I was, because well, we can numb kind of, those emotions, right. With the food, Right,
0: we don't yes. have to think about what it is. Instead, we can just feel the pleasure from the whatever.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I was very much an aha. Uh-huh. I had to give myself grace sometimes and, and give in sometimes, but I also, it made me much more aware of what, some of the issues had been for me. Yeah, that's huge.
0: And so many of us realize once we start fasting, how many reasons we used to eat, right? And yeah. A lot of them were just because it was scheduled mealtime, food was around, but there were a lot of reasons why we would turn to food. And when you're fasting, you see them pop up all the time, all the triggers, all the, the old things. And yes, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, no, my window is closed. I can't have that right now or I'm not not going to, you I'd like to wait. So when you started fasting, did you start losing weight?
1: I did. Yeah. I started losing weight. My my son was actually graduating in June. And so I thought, well, you know, hopefully this will help me lose weight because that was always on the, like I always wanted to lose weight. It was always a thought in my head, unfortunately, ever since I was a kid. I get it. Yeah. So I did start to lose some weight you know, by June, I got to the point where I felt okay in pictures, which was, which was nice. And then July, you know, I got down to, I think I probably would, I would say I was about in a 12 and I'm only five, three. So I got into where I was like squeezing into eights by July. (laughs) So, and then life got pretty hard again. I went through something pretty traumatic. Oh no. Yeah. It was, it's personal and there's other people involved, so I can't really go into it. It lasted about four months, and um, oh gosh, kind of started with a pretty traumatic event. But what happened was, after that, fasting got really hard for me, and that's kind of when I started to see the emotional connection to food for myself. But I kept doing it, I did kept do- keep doing it. But my window got bigger, and I wasn't as hard on my- I-, I wasn't hard on myself if I had a bad day. The day that I came down and I told my husband I'm fasting, and I started fasting, it was the first thing that felt right for me ever eating wise. And so I knew I would stick with it. And I did. I stuck with it through that. And I've stuck with it, you know, this whole year. As you said, you prayed
0: and the word came to you fast. And then you just had that peace about it, right? You're mm-hmm. like, this is what I'm doing for my body.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And and you never looked back from that moment.
1: Nope, I haven't.
0: I've got to ask you about the Biggest Loser camp. because <laughs> I said we would come back to it. How do, where yeah. was Biggest Loser camp? I mean, look, I would have been signing me up for that because <laughs> I was you know, early on in Biggest Loser when it was just first out and popular. That was when I was struggling so much with my weight. And we all watched it, right? Or so many yeah. of us did. Any of us that were struggling, probably, to tuning in. And I was like sad that I wasn't big enough to go to the biggest freezer. I mean, how many of us had those thoughts, honestly? <laughs> well, I could get bigger and then get no. No, I didn't. Didn't go that far. But so they actually had camps.
1: Yes, they did. I've always been like I love to push myself exercise wise. Right before I got sick, I did a a Spartan which is a super hard race and I have to say I didn't do great in it but I did it. <laughs> so I've always loved to push myself and I loved I did I loved the biggest loser too when it was on there was one in Florida. I don't think it's there anymore. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't think so. There might be one more but it, I think it might be Nobody go else. to the camp. Do not go to the camp. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the nail in the coffin for my right. metabolism. I Probably. think it just screwed me. You said up. it was 4 weeks. Well, you could do as many weeks as you want. I mean, some uh, people were there for longer. But oh my I was like, I think four weeks is good. I'll be able to go. And and so, yeah, you did. I would say you did probably, I don't know, six hours of exercise a day. You oh, really Lord. did. You worked out a lot. You know, you got up and you did a form of yoga or stretching. And then you ate. And then you did a couple of hours of exercise. And then you'd eat lunch. And then you do more. And, I mean, it was, you know, and you did eat. Well, I will say, like they did feed you well. It wasn't like they starved you, but. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Wasn't quite like being on the biggest loser, but it was, you know, I mean you're like
0: throwing up next to you on the treadmill from the exercise.
1: Well, I don't think so. That's right. <laughs> I could
0: happen. I like making themselves physically <laughs> ill from all the work. So, you know, you said you always love to push yourself. I have not always loved to
1: push myself. I do not love to push well, myself. Well, you know, I don't necessarily <laughs> think it's a good the right thing though. Right. You know, I think there's a good balance because right. I do think you should push yourself some, but I think I was yeah. it was too much. And I learned my lesson. So
2: did you yeah, lose
1: weight? that was, yep. I did, but not, I gained muscle and I did lose weight, but then I think I came home because I couldn't keep that up. You know, right. I couldn't Who keep has up that- time
0: to exercise six hours a day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I really think that was kind of like, Honestly, destroyed my metabolism, and I've been yeah, working It's also not good now. for you, by the way.
0: Exercising six <laughs> hours a day is probably no. not. It's going to make your body panic and
1: think something terrible is happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was intense. So,
2: this episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move, or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CTmobile.com.
1: But there was a part of me that really liked it, I have to say. Like, really? I. It got to be too much. You know, I'd be exhausted. But I like the people. The people were right. nice and we, and you, you feel know, like you're to bond. In it
0: together, right? You have a right. community. I really also think that was a big pull of the biggest loser is because they had that community yes. and it felt like they were teams and they were, even though they were competing, they still were working together and they were all in it together. And there were so many things that appealed about that.
1: Yes, for sure. Yeah. So and it wasn't like
0: camp, right?
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't have my kids. I didn't have responsibilities. It was nice in that I way. You pull that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love my kids, but you know, oh, it was yeah. nice to get a break. <laughs> so yeah, Everyone's that, was... get that. <laughs> Recently, I'm still fasting, but I I've decided that. I stopped losing weight just with the trauma that I went, this went through. It kind of threw me into like my thyroid out of whack. And I started to put on weight, which was discouraging, but Mm -hmm. I kept fasting and I decided my daughter actually got married this past June. I wasn't where I wanted to be weight wise, which was a little bit discouraging, but right after she got married, I was like, you know, um, I think it's time for me to really start to focus in on my diet. and. Just fasting, just eating what I want within a period of time, it just isn't working for me right now. And I need to kind of figure out. And I didn't really want to do that, but I felt like it was the right thing to do, an adult decision to make. Yeah. So I saw a nutritionist, a functional nutritionist, and I'm working with her now, but I'm also you know, still fasting and she's made a lot of changes, which have helped. What are some of the changes that you've made to your diet? Because I mean, I, I know... You know, We all
0: want to eat what we want to eat, and that was what attracted me to intermittent fasting because I was so tired of the restrictive eating, and I didn't want to give anything up, just fast, just feast, repeat, don't deny, all of that. But yes. as I've gotten older and realized how much better I feel when I eat certain ways, right? It's It feels like adulting.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> I could eat a Big mac
0: um. if I wanted to, but I'm not going to feel my best.
1: Yes. And I made that realization too. And I was so, well, and she has taken me off gluten and sugar. Okay.
0: Well, there are many people that if you've got autoimmune stuff going on, gluten might be something that triggers your body.
1: Yes. I do feel like it did. And I do feel like there's a difference. I do feel like there's other healing that needed to go on. She wanted me to expand my window. I was trying to do still a four-hour window. I was really having a hard time with that. But she wanted me to expand my window to eight hours. I've kind of agreed to like seven to six, six Uh to seven for now. Like I want to go back to a stricter window. But I do recognize that I think my body, you know, right now might need a little bit more. You need to nourish
0: yourself just a little more.
1: Yes. And I need... To do some healings. And so that's kind of where I am right now. And I do I'm actually have lost weight doing oh, that. Yeah. So, so what, yeah. what types of
0: foods did you start introducing that you had not been eating before?
1: I've been eating more protein. That's a big one. Trying to do like healthy, you know, grass fed beef a little bit, not a ton, but chicken and salmon. I'm still working on the vegetables. I like vegetables. It's just It's hard to know how to fix them all the time. And, you know, it just, but I I do love, you know, I love vegetables. I'm telling you what,
0: roast those suckers. Throw them in the oven.
1: (laughs) Are you doing that? Okay. Yeah, I do that some, I probably just need to do that. And that, that might be the best way. Do you, do you, really? what do you put on them? Just salt? I just and toss olive oil, olive
0: oil. Yes. What I do is I okay. get a Ziploc baggie, like a big, like, like last night we had a meal and it had potato first. I chopped, I, I uh, diced up the potato, you know, kind of big pieces. Like you would want your roast potatoes. Then I throw them in a big Ziploc bag with olive oil in the Ziploc bag, zip it up and like Make sure it's all, you know, coated around. So I put it on the baking pan, my caraway baking pan <laughs> that I love so much. <laughs> put it in the oven at 425 till the potato started to get a little soft. Then we also had zucchini with onion. And that doesn't take as long as the potato. So I used the same Ziploc bag that I'd toss the potato in. I chopped up the zucchini into pieces the right size and the onion. I just like sliced it up, threw that in there too in the bag olive oil with that, then put that on the very same pan. The potatoes are on one side, the zucchini and the olive oil on the other. It just gives it such a great flavor, that roasting in the oven. And it's easy. I'm like sitting on the couch, you know, and, and dinner's <laughs> cooking itself. We also had some chicken with that. I literally put the chicken right in the middle of the pan between all the veggies with some seasoning on top, seasoning, salt, and pepper.
1: Okay, That was
0: it. That was done.
1: Okay.
0: So easy, but
1: I do bristle sprouts that way, but I need to probably try other things. Everything. Like I have not found anything really that doesn't
0: respond well to that. And it's so easy.
1: Okay. And it brings yeah. out different flavors. Okay. I'm going to do it.
0: Well, Chad has started yeah. cooking with me, which is really hilarious. <laughs> He's my little
1: <laughs> chef over there. So we also
0: had this little, it was like tomato and green olive and feta. So he sliced up all that, like like a salsa. like But it was like with. Kind of a Mediterranean-ish kind of salsa with the feta, and I didn't have any lemon, or so I just threw in a little kombucha, which might sound weird, but it gave it that little acid. Really? I felt like a like a maestro.
1: <laughs> so like wow. you know, figuring,
0: Anyway, it all those flavors were just so great together, very fresh, it felt like like a very Mediterranean meal.
1: Okay, that sounds really good. The kombucha sounds interesting. Yeah, well, it was like this. But- Peach
0: kombucha, that like a GT kombucha, and I was drinking it. And I was like, this salsa really needs like a hit of lemon or something. I'm like, I'm just going to put a little bit of this in there, just a little bit. And it just jazzed it right up, brightened up I, the flavor.
1: I wonder, you could probably make salad dressings that way too. I bet you could. That's a great idea. I'm going to have to try that too.
0: Yeah. But yeah, roast the <laughs> vegetables. Just okay. Buy, go to the
1: store, buy things you've not ever tried.
0: Seriously, cut them in cubes, thro- toss them in olive oil, throw them in the oven. 425 right. toss them a little okay. bit if they start to get brown on the bottom all right i will High do easy. it yeah. yeah and
1: they're just so <laughs> much better that way <laughs> Magic. <laughs> yes well i will i will definitely try that because that's a struggle for me i i don't mind vegetables but yeah so i think though i've cut out a lot of stuff probably more than adding because i've already ate pretty like i ate good stuff i just had a lot of crap in there too you know i i'm addicted to sugar candy was a big one for me. I've cut, you know, just all of that garbage out. And now I'm even learning how to like, right now I was kind of make having coconut sugar. And then I found out that even coconut sugar can give you that insulin spike. And so for me personally, I'm just learning kind of right now what my body needs and cutting stuff out. And it has been good and helpful. So I do miss like ice cream and stuff like that. But I'm not planning to like be super strict forever, but I just think for right now, that's what I need.
0: Well, it's a process, right? And food is medicine. We forget that. I mean, Hippocrates told us that, (laughs) you
1: know, (laughs) 2000
0: years ago, I don't even know what year he said it, but food is medicine. It's powerful medicine and the junk that's out there right now, there's so much of it and it's easy to eat. It's everywhere. It's all got all those additives in there, that is not helping us, not doing us any favors. So if you just think about food as part of the healing, you know, we've got, when we're trying to figure out what to do with intermittent fasting, you know, and tweak it till it's easy, there are just really three things we can work on. We can tweak our window length and timing. We can tweak our fasting protocol, whether you're throwing in, you know, down days, whatever. And then we can tweak our food choices. Right. And the problems might be deeper than just like, like, let's say you're having thyroid issues, maybe you need thyroid medication, right? There's other things that we might need to do in our bodies. But food is such a big piece of it. And I know that fasting draws us in with the whole idea of eat whatever you want, but (laughs) you can still eat whatever you want. But if you want to feel your best, that might mean, you know, not having the ice cream.
1: Yeah. And I heard you say that a lot of times and I was, was like, I don't like that. <laughs> you know, know when you say it on here, I'd be like, oh, I don't like that. I don't want to hear that because that is what drew me to, to fasting. But, but it, it's been a process for it's me process. too. It's been kind of this evolution of realizing like I want to, I knew I always wanted to be healthy, but I feel like I'm seeing, you know, putting the puzzle pieces together. Food is a big part of that. Yeah, know? and maybe that's the last
0: one we get to. But I do think it's almost universal that we do get there and not yes. in a way of like feeling guilty or bad. When I say bad, I mean like judgment bad. I mean, we don't want to feel guilty and, and negatively judging ourselves, but we don't want to also feel physically bad. So we start making decisions that make us feel good because feeling good is such a powerful motivator.
1: It's very true. Very, very true. Especially when you felt bad for so right. long. You can really recognize, you know, the difference. <laughs> yeah,
0: huge. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started?
1: I think I would tell people not to give up. I listen to a lot of these podcasts, and I get a little like envious of the people that it's mm-hmm. just you know it, it was a straight more of a straighter path, but right. you know they're inspiring to me too because I think I can get to that point. I just I haven't given up, and I don't. Just don't give up and show yourself grace because there are, you know, going to be times where life's going to get really hard and you're going to go through difficult things and you might need to have a longer window, but just, just keep doing it and just don't give up. Yeah. Yeah is my best advice. Don't give up on your body, right? Right, right. You're, yeah, you're, you're worth you're it. With, you are no, worth it. You're working
0: with your yeah. body. You're working to heal your body and you can do it. You can find the thing that your body needs. It might not be easy because Lord knows your path has not been easy.
1: <laughs> it hasn't, <laughs> but it's been, you know, I mean, I've learned so much and I've grown and, you know, who knows if I even would have started fasting if I hadn't gone through all this. I probably wouldn't have because I wouldn't have wanted to give up the cream of my coffee. I get it. <laughs> and I still don't like black coffee. I just don't drink it until my window opens and then I have it with cream. So yeah. yeah no one but, is required <laughs> to drink coffee.
0: <laughs> Sometimes people ask that. They're like, do I have to drink? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just drink water. I'm drinking my Topo Chico right
1: now. Ta-da. Oh yeah, I see that. It's
0: harder and harder to find it. So when I find it, I'm it's like gold.
1: Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know. I need to look for it. I don't. Where it's, do you get it's, it? It's
0: the glass bottle. Is just the different. Sometimes they have it at Walmart. Sometimes they oh, have okay. it at Kroger. Or sometimes it's completely out. Okay. So I'll have to. I'll have to look it's got to it. be in the glass bottle. It just has a different kind of fizz.
1: I don't okay. know. Anyway. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much for telling your story, Andy. And I
1: think it's really going to inspire a lot of people. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure.
0: Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at resonaterecordings.com or email them at hello at resonaterecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.
2: I have missed these Friday night dinners. Hey, welcome to Harvey Graw. At these family dinners everyone! Dysfunction is served wow. I can't have you all messing things up For my entire adult life mom and dad being totally normal wow so
1: dinner next friday everyone
2: What not miss for the world dinner with the parents season one stream free only on freebie